Hey, everybody. Welcome to Best Show Best, the best of the best show. And you can find out more about The Best Show over at thebestshow.net. It airs live every Tuesday night from 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And if you're new to the program, this show, are uh, these are little bite-sized bits and greatest hits type samples of what we do every week. So if you like this, maybe you check out the full show. And if you want to support The Best Show... We have a Patreon set up over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. That is how you support the program. It is listener-sponsored now, and you give what you can, and we appreciate it. And there are prizes and benefits at all different levels of giving. So again, go to patreon.com slash thebestshow and support the show. And now please, without further ado, check out this episode of Best Show Best. I do want to say uh, my uh, the next caller, it's a little bit of a surprise. I didn't want to hype it up uh, beforehand because uh, somebody who I think is uh, yeah, there's going to be this is a special guest. Somebody we have not spoken to and uh, somebody I've admired for a long time. It's uh you like football, right, Mike? Well, this guy played for the Giants back in the '80s, from the '83 to I think '87, where he set a uh, he set some rushing records that, that still stand. And the everybody remembers when he scored two touchdowns in the uh, in Super Bowl Twenty One, of course, when the Giants came from behind to beat the Broncos, uh, which was also his last ever NFL game. And then he went on to have a really uh, impressive career and interesting career uh, post-NFL. Starred in a few uh, TV shows, and I'm sure everybody is screaming at their at their uh, computer now that they know who this is. It's Dick Blevins, and uh, he's a legend. can only be talking about one person. It's exciting to have him on the show. Let me... Hey, uh, Dick... Hey, Dick, it's great to have uh, you on the show. Thank you for calling in. And it's an honor to have a real-life NFL Hall of Famer on the best show. Well, thank you, Jimmy. You know, it, it's a real pleasure to be here on Great Times. Uh-huh. Um, well, my name's Tom, and the show's not Great Times. It's called The Best Show. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I just... I just got that wrong here. Sorry. You know, I I I'm a little confused right now. I just I just got back from uh, Sirius XM uh, where I was doing an interview um, with this this young guy. Um, you, you might know of this guy. Um, it, it, it was hard to tell just how old he was. It was very odd. Like he seemed like an adult, but he dressed like a 15 year old boy from the 80s. And he was wearing a big, like, oversized shirt that said UFO on it. Okay. Okay, uh-huh. and, and he, he was a big Giants fan. Like, he, he knew his stuff. But every time we get into a groove, you know, to, talking about the old days and the, the great games and the Super Bowl, um, he'd say that some musician that I'd never heard of was a good friend of his. And, and then he got distracted by this text from something called John 5, and then the interview was just kind of all downhill from there. So I'm just kind of, you know, still kind of recovering from that, I guess. Sure. I, I think I know who that probably was. It was probably Eddie Trunk. 
I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. At one point, he took off the UFO shirt and put on a shirt that said Angel. Yeah, that I would be shocked if that was anybody other than Eddie Trunk. Got it. Okay. Well, um, you know, I'll tell you, also, my brain is still in the Bahamas. The Bahamas? Yes. Yeah. What, what's, what, what was, uh, what's all about the Bahamas for you? Well, I was down there with the Nutrisfeld gang on their corporate retreat. It was a total blast. Um, I'll tell you, man, the beaches down there in the Bahamas, spotless. Mm-hmm. And the accommodations were first rate. And the food, as you can imagine, with Nutrisfeld, it was, it was exquisite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you had a, a, a trip uh, that was literally the opposite of the, uh, the fire festival. Huh? I'm not. I'm not sure. I know what that is. What? Is, oh. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um. Well, I guess let's get back to the football. Yeah. Uh, Dick. There's so much through your career that I'm dying to talk to you about that I want to discuss with you, and uh, this actually. Is a big year because it's the 30th anniversary of uh, the Giants winning that Super Bowl and the 30th anniversary of those two amazing touchdowns and of your final NFL game. It's it's crazy, isn't it? It's it's. Uh, I mean, I I still can't believe it's been 30 years. It seems like yesterday. You know, it just seems like you know things like things that happened so long ago in the past, but they were such a big deal. They're just like. It seems like you're still living in them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, it just feels like you know a second ago I was parading that Lombardi Trophy over my head in the locker room. You know, while Mark Bavara was blasting "Touch and Go" by Emerson, Lake, and Powell on that on that ghetto blaster that he always carried around, and you know, of course, we were spraying each other with showers of white liquid, just having a great time. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that that was a great thing. Um, yeah. Uh, I just the ghetto blaster might not be the greatest phrase in 2017. What um, do you mean? I don't get it. But eh, it's a it's it's a it's a very loaded offensive uh, thing, I believe. Well, I'll tell you, we got loaded and were offensive that night after after everyone cleared out of the clubhouse. That's uh-huh. for sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys were really partying down after we were we were but you know i'll tell you i I just feel so blessed to have been part of that of that team you know we were a true unit and we we came together with that one common goal of bringing the aforementioned um, lombardi trophy to new jersey sure you know it's i'll tell you it's like steve herbers the ceo of nutrisvelt says uh no achievable goal comes without focus drive and clarity and he's so right about that that those, I guess that is a that's fair. If you're gonna really do something, what was it? Focus, focus, yeah, drive and clarity. Sure, that that kind of adds up to a winning formula, I guess. And when we did, and I'll, I'll tell you that that win was was extra sweet. Not only because it was my last ever game, as you mentioned, but you know, I'm a Jersey boy to the bone. Yeah, that's true. You are from, uh, you are a Newbridge native. If right. I'm... Born and raised in the slums of Little Hungry. Uh-huh. You know, it's a, it's a section of Newbridge that uh, a lot of people don't, don't uh, A, want to talk about, and B, don't want to know about. Yeah, it's, uh, 
it's like Newbridge's secret. Uh, I don't want to say shame because that sounds uh, mean to the people who are there, and they're just kind of doing what they can. Well, it's true. You know, it, it was a very hard Scrabble existence. You know, we we uh, we had some of the hardest Scrabble games that I, I've ever been involved with, and then uh, you know, so that's. You know, it, was, it was definitely a winner takes all, you know, uh, kind of aspect of those games. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes like uh, you get to choose what you wanted if you won the Scrabble game. Okay. And sometimes it was a hand. Sometimes it was what? A hand. A hand. Yes. Like a human hand. Absolutely, yeah. Wow, those those are rough streets. They are, yeah. Oh, you know, and those were tough times too, Tom. You know, and it's it's. It's a cliche to bring up goulash, you know, when you're talking about Hungarian culture, but it really was all we had, you know. Um, it, it, at times, it, it was it was used as currency, and you know, we brush our teeth with it. It was it was it was uh, pretty much the only bright spot to our our dim existence. Was goulash? Yes. That's that. It's that's that's a that sounds like the kind of childhood that kind of spurs you on to 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 be the the greatest version of yourself if you absolutely can. yes yeah and you also uh dick you played college ball in uh in the area as well right yeah that's correct sean um i went to quinn city's a&t uh-huh it's tom and oh, um, sorry it's 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 what is it Tom. I don't know why that's not sticking with me. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. That's okay. What do you think my name is now? Bert. Bert. Okay, it's really not sticking with you. Wow. Um, mm. n- no worries. Okay. Um, if if uh, can you? I guess in the in the field of corrections, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong here. But doesn't the uh, the A and T in the Quinn Cities A and T stands for it? It it doesn't stand. Like most schools, A and T is agriculture and technical, not that for uh, for uh, the Quinn Cities A and T. No, no, it's not. Um, it actually stands for agricultural uh, and television. And television. And, uh, you know, I, I had a double major at that point. I, I was doing agricultural engineering and also uh, advanced sitcom acting. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, I'll tell you, the latter served me very well in my post-football years. Yes, it, it definitely did. You, you are a uh, true. You, you've, you've. There's a lot of chapters in the book about Dick Blevins. Use the R word. You can. I don't care. The what? Renaissance man. Actually, Ren- that's that's two words. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess you're a bit of a Renaissance man. What's this a bit of stuff? Okay, well, it's a it's a turn of phrase. I guess you're a Renaissance man. Is that better? No, you see, you said I guess. It's still like you're not okay. sold on it. You're it's a like Renaissance. Your arm to tell, you're to a, make you're, you say it. You are. You know what? You are definitely a Renaissance man, uh, Mr. Blevins. I accept that. Thank you so much. That's so nice of you to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You know, I um, I guess we can talk more about the TV stuff uh, later. But there's, I still want to just hear, hear some of this football. Uh, oh sure. Well, you know, um, po- post college, I, I got drafted by the Giants in '83, and that what a thrill that was to to not have to even leave the area. You know, I, I didn't have wow. to go cross country and start a whole new life. I was able to stay in New Jersey, and uh, I tell you, man, 
what a gift it was to be taken under Coach Parcell's wing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I might start, you know, getting misty talking about him, but a true teacher of both football and life. You know, uh, wow. the life stuff being even more important than the football, um, all the football things I learned from him. And, uh, you know, Coach Parcells always said, um, it may look like you're carrying me on your shoulders after victory, but you're really carrying us all during that. It, okay. It may look, what was it again? It may look like, what's that, with that quote? Yeah, it, it was, it may look like you're carrying me on your shoulders after victory, but you're really carrying us all during that. All right, and that's he didn't write that. That seems like he maybe said it in a. It's it's. I get the intent of it. It's very. No, he wrote it. It was, it was on the back of our of our t shirts. I'm not sure about the all during that part of the. If he wrote that, that seems a little clunky. But I, that's, I'll, I'll be glad to send you a t shirt with it on. Um, uh, you know what? I would take you up on that. Okay. I'd I'd love to get a shirt uh, with the with that catchphrase on it. Okay. You sound like an extra small. Uh-huh. All right. Um, no, probably a, a large, extra large. Oh, okay. I would not have put that voice with that size. Okay, that's interesting. I would have guessed what, the uh, 4'8". Are you 4'8"? No, I'm a little taller than that. Okay. Yeah. Well. All right. But, you know, it's funny. Uh, Coach Parcells' motto there, it's, it, it's very similar to the sentiment, uh, to the Nutrispelt motto. Okay. Which is, of course, the bestest version of you is not the sum of you and you alone. It's all. Okay. Okay. Um, can Can I ask you about the when you did join the Giants? Uh, oh yes, sure, of course. Was you were there from '83 to '87, right? And what What was that run like? <sighs> I'm. It, it was just the greatest. Sure, we worked really hard. You know, those practices, those two a days, were were something else. And in the summer, it's you know, it's you do feel like you're going to die out there. Uh, you know, I played hard, and to be truthful, I partied just as hard. Mm-hmm. And we were a wild bunch of guys, and we loved to have a good time. <laughs> Sometimes too good a time. And, uh, you know, I met so many great people, and I partied with so many great legends from the entertainment world. Oh, really? my God. Really? Really? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, anyone, yeah, yeah. Anyone come to mind? Oh, my God. The cream of the crop. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, Dolph Lundgren, uh, Fred Ward, uh, Cy Kernan from The Fix, uh, Rutger Hauer, uh, Jerry Spicer, uh, John C. McGinley, uh, Frank Beard, who else? Uh, Treat Williams. Uh, Bobby Dahl, uh, Paula Poundstone, mm-hmm. uh, the Fabulous Thunderbirds, wow. uh, uh, John Lightman, uh, Mark Hamill, who else? Uh, oh, Merle Allen was probably my my main hang back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's those are some real heavy hitters. Especially Good stuff, right? Big, fabulous, big ones. Uh, I also stuff. dated a slew of uh, Total Hotties. Huh? Like any any names you can give us? Uh, yeah, uh, Samantha Fox. Who else? Uh, Kelly LeBrock. Uh, Angelian, Maria Conchita Alonso, uh, Kim Wilde, kids of uh, Kids in America fame. Sure. Yeah, we got down all over the place. Wow, that's a that's a crazy list. Yeah, yeah, but I'll tell you, man, those uh, those hard partying days eventually caught up with me. 
around uh, summer of 85. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, by that point, I had a serious lemon chutney addiction. Wow. Oh, my. I haven't heard that in so long. Lemon chutney. Wow. Yep. That drug was a total nightmare here in, in uh, New Jersey. It ruined so many lives. And, you know, oh, my. Well, I don't have to tell you, but for your listeners that might not remember it, people would take this and and you'd be tearing your face off and feeding it to your pet zebra, you know. Remember that, that whole pet craze, that zebra pet craze in the mid-'80s? That was, that was a whole thing in and of itself. When everyone needed, when a zebra was the pet to have. Yep, yep. And suddenly there was like a weird influx of zebras, and then people just as quickly lost interest. Once they realized that zebras were mean... Yep, very mean. The meanest animal, probably. Then they were just letting their zebras loose. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. And now the ta- there's still that zebra. Every once in a while, you still see a wild zebra. Yep. And and the, the bad thing, and it's, t- it's tied to this, you know, the lemon chutney thing, those zebras, when they were young, they got that taste for face, you know? Mm-hmm. And now they're just going around doing, trying their best to do some face grazing. To eat people's faces. They do, yeah. Wow. That's, uh... You know... Yeah? I guess if you think about it, they're kind of the bath salts of the animal kingdom. Wait, lemon chutney, lemon chutney or, or zebras are. Zebras are, yes. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Got it? Yeah, I got it, Dick. I, well, I wasn't being smart. I, okay, I was, no. It didn't sound like you, you grasped the... Sorry, the, no, you're the, right. I the maybe science over, I was flowing to I you. maybe overreacted. Okay, I apologize. Well, sounds like <laughs> someone I'm talking to might be on a uh, little uh, lemon chutney high. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm just busting your bees, pal. Okay. Well, that's, that's the, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's cool. So look, so at that point, you know, I'm, I'm really in bad shape, and uh, Coach Parcells, he puts me in this evangelical rehab center, uh, which you may have heard of, uh, called, called Heaven House. Huh, yeah, I've heard of Heaven House. And that's where I had to go to kick my addiction warm turkey. You kicked it what? cold turkey? No, warm turkey. Warm turkey is where you continue to get effed up, but, but in smaller incremental doses until you're, you know, you're clean. Oh, okay, I've never heard of that as a means of kind of... I didn't know it's called warm turkey. I've heard it of is. people kind yes, of lowering. Yeah. And then there's hot turkey, which is where it you know it, you basically you pretend to 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 be stopping you know for your doctors, but you're not really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. So you you quit warm turkey. I did. Yes. Yeah. And that uh, that was a, a crazy. Uh, that's a that's kind of a capper to a very very intense crazy era. Yes, 
yeah, and, and uh, yeah, there was there was a lot of weird stuff during that time. Yeah, sure. well, one thing that I I have been dying to ask you, mm-hmm. um, you actually made a few like records during that time. I did, I did. Yeah, it's um, I'll tell you, it, it it's not something I really I really want to be known for, and you know when I. When I do eventually kick it, I I, I prefer th- that you know that that not be anywhere in my in my story. But uh, yeah, I had um, I had a bunch of musician friends back then, um, and I had a pretty decent singing voice. So I would because I was famous, you know, I was famous as, a, as an athlete. I would get these offers to record songs. Mm-hmm. And and the records were um and and again I'm not trying to be disrespectful here but they were they were weird records they were very strange they were and and I'll tell you I, I was getting clean at, at that point and then I'd relapse you know so I get clean and I relapse over and over again during those off seasons because you know, I didn't have anything else to do and. I'd get really gung ho about being, you know, wholesome and clean, and I'd cut a gospel record. Uh-huh. Like, uh huh. Like uh, one was called "Bathed in the Holy Blood of Sobriety," and I'd do um, these these church appearances where I'd, I'd go, you know, and I'd, I'd sing and I'd kind of I'd preach my story, you know, about about being down and out and then you know finding my way and that sort of thing and then you know inevitably i'd go in a bender and i'd get all messed up again and i'd fall off the wagon and i'd go in and i'd cut a song like this d isn't going to s itself and i'd do a run of shows with uh like a band like anti-scene from charlotte who i'm I'm sure you know is having a a gg allen connection definitely yes they had a they they were kind of in the same uh pipeline that was a loss, man. I'll tell you, I still can't believe it. How long? It was ni- 1993 that he he passed on to thine heavenly kingdom? Yeah, and he um, he loved football. He did, I'll tell you. No one knows this. This is a, this is a bombshell revelation. Mm-hmm. The jockstrap he's buried in? Yeah. That was mine. Wow. Oh, I don't want to tell you how he got it or how mm-hmm. I gave it to him, mm-hmm. but... Uh, but he loved he loved the old pigskin. He did. I I remember hearing stories about Gigi Allen before shows. Right. He would always tour with a football, and that he would just look for people he could just throw throw the ball around to kind of get loose before a show. Yes. And I remember hearing, and maybe you can confirm this. Mm-hmm. He had a real cannon of an arm. He did have a real cannon of an arm, and uh, it's funny. Nobody could could catch those balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, nobody wanted to catch the balls because he he put something on the balls before he'd throw them. Which is kind of the opposite of what a quarterback would do. Exactly. You yeah. don't want to make the ball uncatchable. Yeah, he would. He would kind of slather it with something. Ugh. Yeah. Wow, but that uh, you know. That was a crazy time, huh? It was, yeah. But you know, thankfully everything evened out. Uh you know, by by that time of Super Bowl twenty two and the the win and um that was January of eighty seven and um 
by then I was very much on the road to a full recovery, and um, you know I, I've been able to remain healthy both mentally and physically ever since. That's that's truly great to hear. Dick. Thank you, thank you. And I'll tell you, a big part of that is the support and nutrition I get from Nutrispelt. Uh, you know, I found that Nutrispelt yeah, is, yeah, is can, the. Um, can I just say me? we're? we're uh, I, I just want to keep things more kind of career based, if if you don't mind. Okay, sure. Yes. Yeah. You know, we've been getting a lot of tweets from listeners, uh, and they've got some really good questions. Would, would that be something I could ask you uh, a couple questions? Oh, of course. I, I always love to hear from my fans. Uh, Absolutely. Here's someone at Andy Kindler writes, you've worked tirelessly for the NFL Players Health Fund. Where would you like to see things headed in terms of health care for veteran players? Well, thanks for that question, Angie. Um, you sound like a very bright girl, and uh, I, I would love to meet you in person someday if we ever are in the same same area. Um, but getting to your question, um, you know, it's so important to look after our vets and to keep them healthy in terms of, you know, everything from medical attention to whatever treatment they might need and, and uh and also, of course, to diet. You know, a, a lot of these guys were, were so on top of their physical upkeep while they played the game. But, you know, then, of course, when they stop playing, they want to eat all the things they couldn't eat before. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to they wanna just, you know, have seconds and thirds of dessert and things like that. And um, they stop taking care of themselves. Uh, and when it comes to diet... That's why I love Nutrisvelt so much. I think it's a wonderful program. And, uh, you know, from everything from their deliciously naughty yet low-calorie triple fudge drizzled peanut butter nubs to their pepper-rubbed super savory salisbury steak balls, Nutrisvelt has something for everyone who loves good food but also loves looking and feeling great. Uh, here's another one from uh, Hallie Hagland uh, asks... There's been a lot of debate about whether or not young kids and even high schoolers should participate in football because of serious injury risk. What's your opinion? Well, thanks for your question, Hal. You sound like a very nice young man. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do think it's a very important discussion that, that's taking place now about our, our children and whether or not football is, is safe at all for them to play. Um, and I, I do think a lot of factors need to be weighed, um, including diet. Let's be honest. You know, so, so many of our of our kids don't know the first thing about portion control. And I'll tell you, that's why these Nutrisvelt prepackaged fun lunches are are such a godsend. Your kids get a balanced yet nutritious lunch that tastes great and won't leave him or her hungry. Mm. Okay, we got one more question for uh, Dick Blevins coming in here on uh, Twitter uh, from uh, Jake Fogelnest out in uh, Hollywood. Whoa. He wants to know. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. Hang on. What's that? I, I don't know who, who that is, but I'll tell you one thing. What's that? That name commands respect. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, and I'll tell you, there's... There's no way a cat with a name like that isn't verified. Verified? Right? He, he is verified. I yeah. knew it. I could tell. I could just hear it. You could hear the blue check. I could, yes. Yeah. 
he uh he's verified and uh it's it's not easy getting that blue check my uh, the guy who screens calls for the show uh still doesn't have one is that right no still can't get the blue check oh man i guess maybe it's who you know this uh this fogel noost jake Fogel. Yeah, is he like a TV on show or something? What's going He's on with him? He's a TV uh, uh, writer and producer, yes. Ooh, okay. Got some heat. Sounds like some, some heat there. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, he, he's, I think he does have some heat. What yeah. kind of music is he into? Sounds like he might be into, let me guess. What would you guess? I will guess. Who's the band that did the song? Correct that whip. Bum, 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 bum. Yes, uh, that's, that's it's D- called Crack That Whip. What's it called? Uh, it's a song called Whip It, actually. Whip It. And that's by Devo, and he is a big Devo fan, yeah. See, I, I, I'm kind of psychic. I'm, I'm, like, musically psychic, I think. Wow. Um, anyway, what's his question? His question is uh, he wants to know, uh, basically, uh, you know, uh, Jake's a TV uh, fan. He wants to know which of your TV acting experiences were your favorite. Oh man, you know they they were all great experiences, but uh, you know they were they were all kind of different in in their own way. Like uh, you know, take Father Football for instance. That was a a situation comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I like that show a lot. And uh, would you hey would you be able to give people who might not know the show like younger listeners uh, a kind of a quick quick uh, description of what Father Football was about? Sure. Um, Father Football, uh, it, it's the story of, of a former football legend named Gregory Grit Grummond. It's a great name, right? Yeah. And after um, a great NFL career, Grit looks himself in the mirror, and he realizes, hey, my life has no purpose at all at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm done with, with football. That was all I worked on my whole life. Uh, so what does he do next? he decides to become the chaplain for the football team he played for. But due to this weird snafu and this red tape, he finds out that he has been appointed the chaplain of a team that's playing in the women's football league. A little twist there. Yeah. Now, he's the kind of guy who thinks a woman's place is in the kitchen, most likely serving up one of those delicious Nutri-Spelt shakes, right? But now he finds himself spiritually counseling women about their moral dilemmas, very odd situation to find yourself in. So he's so far out of his comfort zone. But he continues to preach the good book to his flock from behind this regal oak podium. You know, to, trying to get them to realize that the path to heaven is uh, is paved with a strong offensive line. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was a fun show. Really fun. We had such a blast making it. It was really great. Yeah, and uh, you you actually that was not your only your only endeavor. Um, oh no, no, no. And you 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 did after after Father Football. There was a, a sitcom. that was more of a political show called Mr. Secretary. Yep, that, that was a fun one, too. Um, I played um, Teddy Touchdown Mulcahy, and uh, a, a player who, who gets injured in the Super Bowl, okay, and he's, he makes an interception, and he's running for a touchdown when his knee basically just explodes on the one-yard line, so he almost makes this touchdown, but he's out. He can never play again. 
and the team loses the game, and basically this guy's the joke of America. And, you know, he's, he's, in, he's in his hospital bed, and he's thinking, do I, even, do I even want to live anymore? And he gets a phone call, and it's from the President of the United States. Turns out the President was watching the game at the White House, and he feels really bad for Teddy. So he offers him a job to be his new press secretary. All right. Yeah. And since since Teddy's out of the game, he's got nothing else to do. He accepts the job and suddenly he finds himself going from the gridiron to the political football field. Yeah. And so, you know, like uh like this guy Sean Spicer, who I'm a big fan of, um, Teddy's in the press room every day and he's briefing the press about what's going on and he's standing behind this this really cool oak podium. And uh <laughs> Tell you, if, if he thought he knew what it was like to get sacked before, he's in for a very rude awakening now. Yeah, it was it was it was something else, and it was uh, to see you there doing the show from from the like talking to the press. Yeah, up there with that podium and just doing your thing. It was, uh, yeah, it was a, a very a very different kind of show than you'd expect from from a, a professional athlete. Well, thank you, thank you. I think I, I, I was particularly good in that one. But, I, but I, I'll tell you, the show I was most proudest of was the Moving Man Mysteries. The Moving, the Moving Man Mysteries. I don't know about this. You don't remember that one? No. Well, you know, it, it was a summer replacement that only ran for eight episodes, and basically, the brass at NBC pulled a combination choke job slash ball drop on it, and. It, it it just didn't have had the time that it needed to find an audience, so that that was very that was very disappointing. Now, what was the Moving Man mysteries even about? Well, it was the story of a moving man named Bill Boxinski, who went by the name Box. That was you know his, his nickname, okay. and he ran a moving company. But you know, there's there's something a little different about Bill. In addition to lugging boxes. He was also a detective, and he solved crimes while going into different houses to move packages. So, like, one time he's moving a dresser, and he realizes, hey, there's, there's dried blood on the corner of this thing. What's going on here? So he digs deeper, and he realizes that the, the owner of the house was murdered. But they found his body in a car accident. That's where, that's where he was found dead. So Bach starts piecing things together to determine eventually that the victim was killed in the house, and then the body was placed in a car which had you know had a a, a brick put on the on the gas pedal you know so it exploded and went into a wall or something. So and uh, you know he so he he would he would find things like that he would solve crimes like that and the the cool thing about it, the cool twist was that he was always solving the cases while moving things. Mm-hmm. So you know, so he he was he was always standing behind this uh, extra fancy tall hand cart that had you know was loaded with stuff with furniture and boxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I Dick, I just realized uh, and never had, had thought about this before. You're always on the shows you've done. It seems like you're always standing behind something on all the shows, like a preacher's podium or the press secretary podium and then the the hand cart and all the boxes you were moving 
Wait, what? What was that? Could Could you repeat that? That's because I could never remember my lines, and the only way they could, they could get through like a whole take is if I had my script in front of me and it had to be placed on something. So, so they would put you behind podiums. Anything, yeah, yeah. The podium was easiest because it you know like it was actually needed to be there. But uh, you know, I'll tell you, man, the, those outdoor scenes were tough because it would be like. Why is he standing behind that ca- that car? Like, why isn't his whole body in view? Why is he mm-hmm. Why is he laying down next to that tree trunk? And I'm assuming with uh, the Moving Man mysteries, there must have been some action sequences. Yeah, yeah. And that- it's like, you know, I I would uh, eventually we figured out a way where where the the cart kind of served a purpose of being like my little. Almost like my little my little cop car in a way, you know. So I chase after someone on my little moving cart, but there'd be you know there'd be some boxes on the cart, and that's where my script was placed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the script had to be, of course, the same color as as whatever it was sitting on, so you couldn't really see it. So yeah, it, it was. I'll tell you that I, I really didn't want to talk about that aspect of uh, of, of of my work, but. Uh, yeah, thanks, well, I guess. That's, that's okay. I mean, it's nothing. You're you weren't a, a born actor. You grew into it, and you needed a little, little help. Yeah. Well, none of us were. Yeah. I mean, because that was a time when you were not the only football player. There were other football players like Fred Dreyer and Merlin Olson and Dick Butkus. Yeah. Also doing plenty of acting in TV and movies. Yeah, I, all those guys. That was a that was a tough time, you know. We we all find ourselves up for the same role, you know. And uh, sometimes you got it, sometimes you didn't get it. And I, I I tell you, I had a pretty sizable rivalry with Dick Podcast. You know, he he already been in a bunch of movies and he had TV experience by then. So I became known as New York Dick, you know, or the other Dick, or worse, you know, because I, I was shorter than Dick Butkus, I, I was I was, was sometimes called Little Dick, uh-huh. yeah. you know, which I didn't like at all. No, I could see, yeah, that might not be your favorite nickname. No, not at all. Of the whole bunch. Yeah. But, you know, but you, you, you still differentiated yourself. I did, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you one thing, I had better comedy chops than all those other jock actors. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you, man. I just wish three out of four scripted TV shows back in 1990 had been about stand-up comedy like they are today. I'd, I'd be the king of, of television. A lot of shows about stand-up comedy, although you'd be doing stand-up behind a podium. That's true, but, uh, you know, uh, I could make that work. I think anything's believable now, right? I guess so. It's it's a very... it's People are so fascinated by how someone writes some jokes and then tells them on a stage. It is fascinating, and it's fascinating to, to know all about it. Like, the, the where do they sleep? What do yeah. they eat? Yeah, like, what what do they eat after a show? After a show, do they go out? Or do they drink? Do they hook up? Yeah. You know, how, how do they decide what's going to be in that tight five? Yeah, like if they what go gets to, tossed? And if they go to a diner afterwards, it's like, are they sharing a, an order of fries? Or is everybody just eating the fries that come with their burger? It's true. 
fascinating. It's endlessly fascinating. I wish, I wish there could be more shows about it. Oh, there will be. Don't worry, Dick. I hope so. Your your wish is going to come true. I just hope some of them like take place in the past. That'd be great. Yeah, I think those are coming also. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah. You know, actually, I'm um, I'm getting ready to to. Uh, shoot a Nutrisvelt commercial this week. And I'll tell you, this is the most challenging thing I've had to do yet. Why, why is that? Well, Tom, anyone who's watched even the smallest amount of TV lately knows that 80% of the commercials airing feature men, women, or children playing the drums. And this new Nutrisvelt commercial is no different. So you, you're playing the drums in this commercial? I, I am, yes, yes. Um, can you guess what I'm I'm, I'm going to wear in the commercial while I'm playing the drums? Hmm. So, uh, is it a uh, tiny fedora? It is. Yes. They're, they're the coolest, right? You have one, right? I don't. I just got into these things. They're great. They're great fun. They they look cool. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. I'll tell you. I'll I'll. Uh... I actually have a drum kit in, in, in my house here, and I'll, I'd love to just play what I'm going to play in the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm really just new to, to drumming, so but, so, but I, I can kind of do it all right. Oh, okay. would love to hear some. You know what that is, right? It's blues. It, that was some blues drumming. Yeah, it's it, it's that song Manish Boy. Have you ever heard that song? It's by Muddy Walters. Waters. What? What is it? Muddy Waters. Oh, I thought it was Muddy Walters. No, it's not Walters. It's Waters. Well, it, it's that song you know he got where he uh, yeah he said something and then the other guys yell at him like it, you know like he'll say ah I was doing this and blah and they go yeah yeah oh no I know I know the song. It's... Can you? Help me with this. What other songs are there where several young men cheer on an elderly man while he brags about his sexual techniques? I think, I, I think that might be the only one. I, I, I don't know if it's the only one ever. It's the only one I've ever heard of. It's a genre that's worth exploring. I wish, I wish there were more songs like that because I, I, I think it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I I think if you're interested in it, it might be a pretty easy, uh, a, a short-lived hobby for you. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll tell you, I, I'm going to turn the people on uh, onto it when I uh, when I get on the set for the Nutrisvelt commercial. Uh -huh. It's going to be great. Hey, can I just? I, I just have to say, I was I was when I was asked to do this, I, I it was it was a straight interview, is what what everything was supposed to be, and. It's kind of unavoidable uh, here. I guess I have to uh, address the Nutrisvelt elephant in the room. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Nutrisvelt, Tom. Uh, okay. I actually didn't mention it um, the way you're looking for me to mention it. Well, I could tell you were going to, Yeah. Right? I, no, well, I, I got to just, okay, sure. I, I just have to say. Yeah. Every topic I've brought up, no matter what it is, You've managed to divert it to Nutrisvelt, which I have to also say, Nutrisvelt is a very weird name for a product. What? No, it's not. It rolls off the tongue. And, and there's no chance at all that you would mishear it. Nutrisvelt. Yeah. 
It's it doesn't roll off the tongue. Hmm. It's it's uh you you really seem to be a pretty big believer in Nutrisvelt, huh, Dick? Of course I am. Of course I am. Are you kidding? Nutrisvelt is it's it's a life-saving product. It, it's it's tremendous and I'll tell you, I'd be championing Nutrisvelt even if they weren't paying me anything. Mm-hmm. But yes, they are paying you. And I'm sure they're paying you a lot of money, right? Yeah, yeah, they are. But but like I said, it, it's a life changer, Tom. And I'll tell you, a hundred percent of the people who try Nutrisvelt, they achieve their weight loss goals and they stick with it. Uh huh. A hundred percent success rate. Yes. That the that actually does not seem uh, possible. Hey, I've done my research. Now you do yours. Uh huh. Okay, that's very strange. Uh, to put a, I mean, I have to prove. That I can just say that if people, like, I'm sure we could all use help trying to stay healthy and stay fit. Yeah. Numbers like that are hard to argue with. Right? I mean, it's it's 100%. You You know. You literally can't go wrong with it. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yep. Because I'm, it's something I'm interested in, but... There's no buts about this, Tom. It works. All right. You know what, Dick? I got to say, it, this went, this, I wasn't nuts about you working it in all the time, but you're, you're telling me it's 100%. I could use a little kickstarting with this, and uh, I'm going to sign up for Nutrisvelt first thing in the morning. Don't do it, Tom. What's that? Don't do it. Don't do, wait, don't do what? Nutrisvelt. Wait, but you... After after what you just did on the every question, you hyped Nutrisvelt. You're telling me not to do it. I have to, I have to do that. What? Why? Steve Herbers, the CEO of Nutrisvelt, he's got all this dirt on me from back in the '80s, real sick, sick stuff. And he, he forced me to do Nutrisvelt. And now I'm, I'm, I found myself stuck in this Scientology slash get out slash the ruin scenario. Okay, I mean I get the Scientology and the the and get out. What what is the ruins? You never seen the ruins? No. Well, it, it, it's oh my god, it's a scary book. Basically, it was made into a movie that wasn't great, but the book is good. It, it, it's these college kids, and they go down to Mexico. And they're, they're, they they find these these ruins that they're looking for, and they are about to like take pictures of it and kind of kind of like have fun on it. And then these these local guys come up, the local sheriff, and they see these gringos by the you know by the ruins. And then one of them takes a step back, and then they realize that their foot is entwined in these these um these vines. Mm-hmm. And once the vines get you, you're done. They can't let you leave the ruins, and they all get stuck in the vines, and they all have to go up in the ruins, and they have to stay there. And if they try to get out, the local sheriff will kill them. So they're stuck there. So that's how kind of I'm stuck in this whole thing. That's a digression, though. Yeah, that that was a scenic scenic route to the... You could have just said it was a Scientology get-out scenario. Yeah, but I wanted to turn people on. It's a very scary book. Anyway, Tom, the most unsettling part of this whole thing... What? What's that, Dick? Nutrisvelt. Yeah? It's made... Yeah? From... Yeah? 
human body parts. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh. Mainly noses and, and toe tips, but still. Oh, that's disgusting. It doesn't matter if it's just noses and toe tips. I know, it's right? still human body parts. I know. It's sick. It's sick. It's a whole sick racket, and then you get a dick to do it. It's awful. Oh, no. Oh, no. What is, what is that? It's the Nutrispelt Not-So-Secret Police. It actually says it on the back of their flak jackets. That's really kind of odd, isn't it? It says Not-So-Secret Police. Yes. That yeah. is weird. I don't, I don't quite get it. Oh, no. They're going to drag me off to something akin to what that mousy chick from Mad Men gets thrown into in The Handmaiden's Tale. Have you seen this? Very decent show. Very scary. Very weird. Mm -hmm. I think I like it. I'm only three episodes in. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing. What's Never that? in my life did I expect to tune into that show and hear a Blue Oyster Cold reference. But there is one. See, uh, second episode. Very odd. That is strange that, that, that a show like that would make a Bluest or Cult reference. Very crazy stuff. Yeah. Oh, no, they're coming in! Oh, no! Oh, my God, they're lasering my ass! Dick? Oh, I thought they were done. They're not. Like a sub-laser... It's really getting my haunches. I guess they saved the lower-powered one for your haunches, which I'm not into. And how do you feel right Ooh. now? Oh. A little bad seeds there. Anyway, I gotta go. Dick? Oh, that's a weird... That is weird. Dick Blevins. Very strange. Very strange. Very strange. Thanks again for listening to Best Show Best. Much thanks to Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Martin Sellis, Brendan McDonald, AP Mike, and of course John Worcester. Uh, who else? Uh, uh, Marsha Newmeyer. And uh, yeah, you, the Best Show listener. Thank you. And if you like this, check out the full show every Tuesday night from 9 p.m. to midnight at thebestshow.net and support the best show patreon.com slash thebestshow thanks so much for listening goodbye